0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me this morning to two openings. Turn to Mark, the 16th chapter. Hold your place there. We're going to go to it real quickly, and and then turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, and we're going to look at verse number, Well, we'll just start in verse number 16, and then we'll go to Mark chapter 16. Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verse number 16 says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, that is go with that authority, and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, who? All nations. To observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Notice verse 19 says that go, therefore, and make disciples. The older, trend, the older King James says, go and teach, I think. Literally, it says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, turn with me, if you would, to Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark chapter 16. We'll read Mark's rendering of this that we called the Great Commission. Verse number 14, it says, later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. Here we have the famous phrase, preach the gospel so we want to talk about that this morning we want to talk about what the gospel is what it means to go and what it means to preach amen so let's do a little bit of real quick and and brief uh review of what many of you already know i'm sure about the gospel and just lay a foundation we most everybody knows that the word gospel literally means good news it originally didn't have the connotation of the embodiment of, of the Christian faith that it has today, but it, it came to mean that even in Bible times and New Testament times. But when it was first uh, uh, preached it, it, to, to, the ear, to the ears of the hearers, it was good news. That's what the word literally means. It means good news. And, and of course, like we said, it is the very heart of, and center of Christianity. Now, a little history of the word gospel. In classical Greek, the word gospel, which meant to the, hear, to the ears of the hearers, it meant good news. Originally, in, in classical Greek, it meant the reward given to a messenger for bringing good tidings. It actually referred to the reward given to a messenger for bringing good tidings. In paganism, or or you could say among pagans, it meant the sacrifices made to the gods when what when such good tidings were received. When someone sent good tidings in the name of the pagan gods, then sacrifices were offered up uh, in response to those perceived uh, good tidings. And so uh, it came. This word "good news" came to mean those sacrifices related to those sacrifices. Then in later Hellenistic Greek this word gospel came to mean the good tidings themselves and that's how it's used in the New Testament even in the Septuagint now the Septuagint you remember is the old is the Greek version of the Old Testament the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew the New Testament was written in Greek but about 200 years before Christ came there was a Greek translation made of the Old Testament and that Greek translation was called the Septuagint. Now, I, I use that, uh, you know, refer to that sometimes and not just to be technical. It's very important in determining what words mean to see how they were used because words do not always convey uh, their best meaning by just breaking down the, the, uh, c- the, the components of a word. Most often, the best understanding of what a word meant to the people who heard it was to see how it was used by other people in other contexts. So because of that, the Septuagint is is a hugely important thing. So in the Septuagint, uh, uh, it was used for the good tidings of victory. Over in 1 Samuel, you don't have to turn there, but you can write this down if you like. You can look at it later. 1 Samuel 31, 9, it was used of good tidings of a victorious campaign. Whenever uh, God gave victory to the Israel, the news of that was this word that's translated gospel was used. It was also used in Jeremiah 20, 15 of the good news or the good tidings of the birth of a child. Uh, In the Psalms, Psalms 40.10 and Psalm 96.2, the verb of this word is used of telling forth the righteousness and saving power of God. Well, that's getting close to the New Testament, isn't it? Uh, In Isaiah, it referred to the glad tidings. That's Isaiah 40, verse nine. and Isaiah 52.7, this word for gospel was referred to the glad tidings of the coming of the Anointed One, the Christ. Now, the the uh, the gospel, like we said, is a summation of the whole Christian message. The kingdom Jesus preached is good news. He came preaching. The gospel. He came preaching the good news, the Bible says, of the kingdom. And I I alluded to this. This is not tying this message to last week. This was my message today, didn't have anything to do with last week. But I mentioned last week that when John the Baptist came, he came with a different message. So there's a stark contrast between the message Jesus had and the message of John the Baptist, which was. Uh, you know, God is a consuming fire and the winnowing fan is in his hand and the ax is laid to the root of the tree and repent or you're gonna perish. John the Baptist's message was not good news. It was a news of judgment. Jesus, however, and this is what I'm, I, the point I made last week, this is what threw the people of Jesus' day, particularly the Jews, this is what threw them off and what they had a hard time understanding is Jesus had, came with a completely different message. He came with a message of love, a message of the Father. We talked about that, that last week. Uh, and so the, the, the message of Jesus Christ was good news from God. Not news of judgment, not news of what you deserve, but good news, amen? Uh, I found this interesting. I didn't know this until this week. The word that's translated gospel, and and I'm not trying to to say the word because I'd butcher it. It's a long word and I'm not gonna try. Uh, But uh, it's it's not that long, it's just long for me. Uh, The word occurs 72 times in the New Testament. I would have thought that most of those occurrences would have been in the Gospels. You know, Jesus came preaching the Gospel, you know. I just assumed. But 54 of the 72 references are in Paul's epistles alone. Paul talked a lot about the good news, about the Gospel. It's called the Gospel of God, the good news of God. And, and it is the Gospel of God because it showed men a God they never dreamed of, a God of mercy and a God of love. It was contrary. That was contrary to the pagan gods, not just Israel's concept of God, but to all the pagan nations around them. Jesus came pre- uh, preaching the gospel of God and, and it was good news about God, amen. And it was the gospel of God in the sense that it was sent by God and it was about God. Don't fall into the trap when I talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that God, you know, was a mean, hateful God and Jesus is a kind and loving God. No, God himself, God the Father, from before the foundations of the world was and is a good and loving God. But because of, of needing to establish the law and needing to establish a consciousness of men of their need of God, the law came, the Bible says, to make everybody guilty. Well, hoorah. I know that excited you. But that's what the Bible says the purpose of the law was was to make the whole world guilty before God because the whole world was guilty. Because all have sinned. None righteous, the Bible says. Well, man needed to have that understanding before they could come to a God of mercy and receive his mercy. But God's always been a loving God. And so Jesus came to reflect that and to to tell us about that. Uh, So, you know, the gospel and the goodness of God originated with him, amen? So it's not only called the gospel of God, it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ because he brought it. We wouldn't have known about it if he hadn't brought that gospel. If he hadn't hadn't heralded and brought that good news, the world would have never known it. So it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ because he brought it. And it's also called the the gospel of Jesus Christ because he embodied it. He was the good news. He embodied God's good news. He embodied God's favor and God's goodness everywhere he went. He was good to the sinner. You are forgiven. Go and sin no more. He was, he was good to the brokenhearted. He healed the brokenhearted. He was good to the sick. He said, I will be made whole. He was he was good to the oppressed. He broke the power of darkness and set the captives free. So Jesus was really the embodiment of this goodness of God. So he embodied the gospel. Now, go with me to Galatians chapter and I hope not to spend too much more time on this introduction, but I do want to show you this. Go to Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter one. Paul, and I've pointed this out quite a few times in my preaching, it's it's because it's something that just stands out to me and I think it's significant that you see it. In Galatians chapter one, Paul said in verse number 11, but I make known to you brethren that the gospel, here's one of those uses in Paul, Uh, Paul's writings, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Now hold your place there and go to Romans chapter two. Real quick, Romans chapter two, and look at verse number 16. That's not it. Romans 2.16, am I looking at the wrong one? Yeah, 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 that's it. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Can you imagine a preacher today saying, writing any kind of a religious article in a magazine or anywhere and, 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 and referring to the gospel as my gospel? Well, he, he did it more than once. Go over to the 16th chapter. Of Romans Romans 16, see what he said here. Verse 25, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel. Several times in the, in the letters to the Corinthians, both 1st and 2nd Corinthians, several time, times talking about his companions, he talked about our gospel, our gospel, the gospel we preached, Paul, it seems to, to me, had a, had a, a real a peculiar attitude about the gospel. He said it was his gospel. Well, what does he mean by that? Go back to Galatians. You'll see what he's, what he's, where he's coming from. Galatians chapter 1 again. He said, I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man nor was I taught it but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, Paul considered it his gospel because he didn't get it secondhand. He's not saying that that he created the gospel or that he authored the gospel or that he's the source of the gospel, and it's not a different gospel. Paul preached the same gospel that Peter preached, Now, there was more depth to Paul's gospel, and that's why the theologians refer to the Pauline revelation. There was was revealed to Paul uh, some truths about the gospel and about the the church and the nature of the church and who we are in Christ. And there's there's a whole body of that that that's unique to Paul's writings. But there was nothing in conflict between Paul's gospel and the gospel that Peter or John preached or the other apostles, it was the same gospel. But he said it was my gospel because he didn't learn it from somebody else. It came to him directly by revelation of Jesus Christ. And he made it, it was his because it captured him. It took took his heart captive. He owned it. Not because it was about him, but because it made such an impact in his life. It was his. You see, men do not discover God. No one has ever searched for on his own and discovered God. God reveals himself. Paul didn't search for God. On the road to Damascus, Paul wasn't looking to find out the truth about Christianity. He wasn't going to Damascus to learn more about this interesting sect. He was going there to imprison and kill, if necessary, every Christian he found. He went there in in absolute hatred of what God was doing. Ignorant, he said. He was ignorant. He didn't know any better, but he was actually fighting against God. He was not searching for the truth. He wasn't looking for the truth. And suddenly a flash from heaven brighter than the new day sun. The only thing we have to compare with that is an atomic explosion. It's the only thing on this planet we've ever read about that went off that was brighter than the sun. Well, Paul saw it back then. He said it was brighter than the noonday sun at 12 o'clock. He didn't find God. God revealed himself. He didn't search out and seek out God. God searched out and sought him. I look at my own life, and and if you're honest, you'd find the same thing. In my own life, I was in a hotel room, it wouldn't, you couldn't call it a hotel, it was a motor court, it was a motel, a, mo, a motel, a motel, and a cheap motel. And I was actively looking, I, I got my Bible out, you said, well, you were searching for God. No, I was searching to disprove God. That was my whole purpose in getting the Gideon's Bible out of the drawer next to the bed was I was going to go through knowing my, my history. I knew Bible verses and my purpose and my aim was I'm going to prove to myself once and for all right here in this book that the Bible cannot be trusted, that it contradicts itself. It's what I was doing. Boom, brighter than the new day sun. God revealed himself to me in those scriptures. I wasn't looking for him. He was looking for me. Amen. Amen. And so because of that, God, that's why, that's why uh, Paul called the gospel his gospel. Because it had been revealed to him. God had showed it to him. And you know, in our lives, it has to become our gospel. If it doesn't, you understand how I'm saying it? If it doesn't become our gospel like it became Paul's gospel, we won't be effective sharing it like, it, like we should. You have to, it has to be revealed to you. You have to see it in your heart. You have to have your eyes enlightened, your heart in understanding enlightened, and it has to go off on the inside of you so that it's bigger than anything that's ever happened to you. Amen. And when that happens, bless God, you've got a gospel now you can share. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's what the word gospel means. Glory to God. Turn with me now uh, back to uh, Matthew. Go to Matthew 28 again. I'm gonna have to hurry. Glory to God. Matthew 28. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. In in Mark's gospel, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, does does that mean? Now, how how many of you believe that just applies to a few people? That that applies to missionaries. That's the only one it applies to. Does anybody believe it applies to you? you? If you think it does, if you dare think so, raise your hand. You think it applies to you. So then you're saying to me that Jesus told you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going where you think I'm going, okay? Did he mean that all of us were to uproot our families, sell our homes, pack our bags, and move to some far-flung part of the planet. Well, he said to go. And I'm not, listen, I know what you think. You think I'm talking about sending somebody. That's not where I'm going. So that's not what I'm saying. It's not talking about sending somebody. He didn't say send somebody into all the world. He said go into all the world. That's different than sending somebody. Am I telling the truth or not? If I tell you, Peter... What would I say, Peter? Peter? Greg? Greg, if I say to Greg, "Go in my office and, and get something off my desk," that doesn't mean for him to go. Does it? Can't get over that, can you? <laughs> you won't hear anything else. Huh? <laughs> if I say go, if I tell Doug to go do something, that doesn't mean for him to send somebody. I wanted him to go. If I wanted somebody else to go, I'd have gone to them. Come on now. I know I'm shooting down your theology. Just hang on with me just a minute. Go into all the world. But on the other hand, we know just because we have enough sense to know that he doesn't intend for every Christian to pack their bag. I mean, can you imagine? Every believer, gets, you get saved and you immediately sell your house Liquidate your assets, get your savings account, and liquidate everything, pack your bags and go someplace. I mean, we'd just be moving all over the place. This word, nations, is the Greek word ethnos. E T H N O S. Ethnos. From it derives the English word ethnic. In the New Testament, it always referred to the all of the other nations besides Israel. You know, Israel, the children of Israel, they felt like they had a preferred status, you know, a, a preferred nation status with God. You know, they were they were the people and everybody else was not the people. And so this word ethnos to them represented all of the other nations of the world. But, This word does not necessarily mean nations that are geographically located somewhere else. The word ethnos also expresses the idea of different customs, cultures, and civilizations. Well, in Bible days, when Jesus said that, that's where you went to find other cultures and civilizations and people you had to go to other nations but the word really means ethnos and it means it means different customs cultures and civilizations what jesus said was that the gospel is to be taken to people from every culture from every custom civilization race color or ethnicity that exists everywhere Worldwide. That's what Jesus was saying. Here's some good news for you. You ready for some gospel? The nations have come to us. The nations have come to us. You no longer need to even leave your neighborhood. Have you taken note of what's happened to our nation in the last 30 or 40 years? You can't go anywhere without running into people from everywhere. And it's starkly different than it was just even 20 years ago. The nations have come to us. And Jesus said, go to all the nations. He didn't necessarily mean uproot yourself and move. You, like I said, you don't have to leave your neighborhood now to go to the nations. People are here from everywhere. Now, lest you misunderstand what I'm about to say about immigration, I believe in borders. I believe as an an American and as a nation, we have the right to our sovereignty and we can't have sovereignty without borders. I'm not in favor of illegal immigration. I'm definitely not in favor of this invading army and horde of people that are heading our way from down south in Mexico, coming from different nations. I'm not in favor of that. They need to be stopped. Just let you understand where I'm going, they need to be stopped. I do believe in legal immigration, very much so. And most immigrants who are here now, today in our country, most of them are here legally. But even if they are here illegally, God still loves them. I'm against them being here, but it's still my responsibility to take the gospel to them. Because my obligation before God trumps my obligation to the the United States. Now, Like I said, the good news is the nations have come to us. I mean, they're all here. You can't go into... Even small town. it used to be if you lived in a big city. I remember even 20 years ago, we would go down to Miami and we would talk about, we went to the Miami airport, we would talk about all the language. 20 years ago. We would remark about how interesting it was to go to the Miami International Airport and you would hear people, because Brother Hagin used to talk about how speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost, you know, it, it, it created such a stir. And his, his point was they had, something had to be happening besides speaking in other languages because he said nobody, if I walk through the, to the airport and you hear people speaking in all these languages, I don't think they're drunk. He said, so there had to be something else going on on the day of Pentecost. His point was, but, but, but the understanding was if you go to some place like Miami, even 20 years ago, you would hear all these languages and I remember going there. I flew out of Miami and into Miami and I remember thinking, I don't understand all these people. Where are all these from? You find that in Fort White today. I'm not kidding you. Anywhere you go. They're all here. Asia is here. The Middle East is here. Russia is here. China is here. Indonesia is here. India is here. Europe is here. They're all here and they're right here in our neighborhoods. That's there's something going on here folks. There's something going on. I believe in law and order and I believe in lawful immigration, but there's something going on in the world. God is mixing people together for these last days so that we can do what Jesus said and take the gospel to every ethnic group, to every culture, to every group, to every part of civilization, and we don't have to go anywhere to do it. We can do it right here. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. So when you find people that you don't understand, don't be afraid of them. Now, don't raise your hands, but I just want you to be honest in your own heart. How many of you have walked into Gainesville somewhere and seen someone, now I have to, I can only address women because you can't pick out the men as easily. But you see a woman, what, what's, the, what's the Muslim garb that they wear that, huh? Huh? Starts with an H. You know what it is. I've got about four different (laughs) pronunciations. Habib, Hajib, something. Perkas, burkas, perkas, (laughs) circus, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Now, how many of you have seen that and a little bit of, a little well of of animosity tries to rise up? You think, what are you here for? Have you come here to destroy us? Because we hear so much. And there are people like that. Or you go, you're on the phone, trying to order something. And how many of you want to take that phone and just slam it on the table like this? Because you've got somebody, say an Indian. That to me, that's the most difficult. That the length, that that that, that that accent is so thick. It's like, could you just please put somebody on here that I can understand? We we, we see people in stores, in businesses. We see people all around. Listen, we cannot, as Christians, we can no longer afford to be uncomfortable. We don't need to be challenged by them. We need to be challenged by God. We have around us opportunities to go into all the world right here at home. How cool is that? How wonderful is that? Glory to God. So don't be afraid. Don't be put off or uncomfortable. Start start reaching out to people. Think about it for a minute. They're more afraid than you are. If if you want to use, I know you're not afraid, afraid, but they 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 feel more out of place than you do with them in your company. They're the ones from somewhere else. They they know they don't sound like you. They tend to, and I'm just using the, the the pronoun they, whoever they are. That folks like that tend to stay to themselves and and maintain their cultures because. They're comfortable with that. That means they're not uncomfortable outside that culture. They're uncomfortable with you. You have the upper hand. This is your land. You're not the the alien. They are. You have the one who has, you have the power to be gracious. And to extend a welcoming hand. And to extend a smile. Get to know people. I, there's a there's a convenience store close to where we're about to you know we're building a house and there's a, a little privately owned convenience store and and, and I went in the the uh, uh, some time ago and there's a man in there and he's Indian and so I started talking I just decided you're my project <laughs> I first when the first time I went in there I'm not going to try to you know to to replicate his his accent but you know it's thick Indian accent no smile just cut and dry you know. And uh, so I just tried to start engaging him, start talking to him. And it wasn't, oh, I started asking about his store, or how long they've been there. I found out that it, his uncle owns it, you know. And, and it wasn't long where he was beginning to open up and he was beginning to talk. I still couldn't understand him, but he was talking, you know. <laughs> and I just decided, you're my next project. I'm going to get to know you because he needs to know about Jesus. I have a gospel. I have a gospel and it's exactly what he needs. I know he might not. Now, I might find out he's a Christian. I don't know. But there's chances are he's not. And there's chances are he knows nothing about my gospel. Might know a little bit, but probably what he thinks he knows is probably wrong. We have an opportunity right now, folks, to reach the world right here. Right here. So I'm not, see, you thought I was talking about sending somebody. No, I'm talking about you doing it, but we can do it here. We can do it here. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's good news. Amen. Dare to go to them. Build relationships. Glory to God. Mm. Over in, now I'm going to stop there. Praise the Lord. We'll we'll talk about world. Just go into all the world. We'll talk about that. We talked about nations, but let's talk about world next time. Praise the Lord. We're going to go into all the world. Where is this world? It's closer than you think. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's we're we're coming into the Christmas season. Thanksgiving is the kickoff to the Christmas season. And I want to challenge you during the season of goodwill. During the season traditionally of of people maybe getting outside their their inhibitions and moving beyond their their uh, 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 timidity or whatever it might be. That's traditionally what people do at Christmas. They begin to reach out to people. They begin to smile at people at, in, in, in the workplace or at stores or wherever you go, maybe a little bit more than other times. People start saying Merry Christmas to perfect strangers. All I'm saying is traditionally, this is a season where people... It, 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 we, for some reason we feel a little more comfortable stepping out of that box and, ju- and just saying a kind word to somebody. Let's take the gospel. Let's take the gospel. Now I'm gonna talk to you uh, uh, when I get in a little, little bit further about what it means to preach. I'm gonna talk about three words. I've talked about nations. I'm gonna talk about the world and I'm gonna talk about preach but I wanna get ahead of myself. We can, we can take this time to build relationships Don't try to win everybody on the first day. Let's start, let's as a church, let's start, let's take this season right now as a kickoff for you in your own heart to start developing a a sensibility and an awareness and a consciousness that I have a gospel. you You don't find the gospel. The gospel was delivered to you it was and it was more than delivered to you. The gospel was entrusted to you. And and the world is at your doorstep. I mean, they're 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 right next door. I, my wife and I, we bought property, you know, in, in, in the subdivision. We're we're starting a house and it's it's finally started. And and uh, I went through the through the tax rolls and I looked at some of the names of people in my neighborhood. and I thought, who are these people? They don't sound like they're from around here. They they sounded like they were from somewhere else in the world. Way out there. I'm telling you, all around us, we have opportunities. Make a determination this very morning. Thank God for people like Jackie. So good to have you home. I announced to everybody Wednesday night you're here. I forgot to do it this morning. There's Jackie. (laughs) Thank God for people like Jackie who is called to go somewhere else to find those cultures. But there are people from that culture right here in the United States. It might not be around here, but there are people from every culture in the world virtually are around us. Oh, hallelujah. We can all do what Jackie's doing. And what is she doing? She's going there and she's entering into conversation. She's just getting to know people. She's letting people know that she's she's a good person and that they have things in common and what's happening, they're beginning to open up to her. Start that dialogue today. The first time you find somebody of a different culture, a different skin color, a different ethnicity. And I'm going to tell you, all skin colors and all ethnicities have the same problem with other colors and other ethnicities. So this is not just something that's, that's one group white people have to deal with. We all have to be willing to go beyond ourselves. Find somebody I'd strike that. You don't have to go out and find somebody. When you find them, when they cross your paths, begin to develop this kind of an attitude. There's somebody who, who possibly needs my God. Now they might already know. But find out. How do you find out? Get to know them. If there's any way possible, if you're going to it might be somebody at the checkout counter. If you know you're going back into that store, or just make sure you go back into that store. Make sure you cross their paths again. Extend a welcoming hand. A lot of these people are so hungry for somebody in this nation to actually welcome them. Oh, glory to God. We need to welcome them into God's family. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of this today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father, for our gospel that's been delivered to us. It is the gospel of of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's your gospel, but it's become our gospel. And Father, we are determined to take this gospel to all the nations, and they're all here. Glory to God. And so, Father, we will be not just hearers and not just excited this morning, we'll begin to look at people differently going forward. We'll no longer feel an agitation, an uncomfortableness around them just because they're different. We're, we're here, Father, to relieve their uncomfortableness, to make them feel at home, to welcome them, not just to America, but to the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Oh, Hallelujah. Father, we're going to do this with your grace, with your help. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. We have a friend in Canada, the church we go to in Canada, and Pastor Fields, and of course he's in Toronto, just a suburb of Toronto, but they have like all these different nationalities in their church. There's just quite a few different, different groups, and they're quite prominent. And it's an amazing thing to watch, that little church reaching so many people. And we don't have quite that dynamic here, I understand that. But, but we do have enough. We have enough to start working on it. Amen? So, you know, the, the, I don't want to leave anybody out, but let's face it. Americans have heard and heard and heard and heard and rejected and rejected. Some of you witnessed have tried witnessing to the same people that work over and over and over in your neighborhood or friends or whatever, and they're not interested. And yet we 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 don't even try to reach these other people. We listen, there's a there's a harvest field out there that is prime. They haven't heard. They haven't heard. This gospel is what the heart of man cries for. The heart of man yearns and longs for Jesus. They just just need you to tell them who he is. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands and thank you today for his goodness. Thank you for this gospel. Glory to God, glory to God, Globohisa, Electepa Le Vista, Serepa le Behara Defa Nanisha, Sheko Okora Eperefa, Epra Efrendi Natia, Shuropa Recondari, Gata Saterianda. I've put this in your heart. Eternity. The call to eternity. The beckoning of eternity is in your heart. But it's not just to beckon and to call you is for you to reach out and extend that call to others calling men for eternity and there is on the inside of every man that same knowledge of eternity and if you'll dare speak if you'll dare reach if you'll dare reach out a kind and helpful hand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll begin to connect with people you never dreamed of connecting with. I'll begin to use you in ways you can't even imagine. I'll get all the glory. The kingdom will grow. The family will grow. And the work will be done. So take courage Be encouraged. Lift up your eyes and look. The fields are white around you for harvest. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm glad I came today. I stirred myself up. Amen. I usually do at impact family church it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the word of god we have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching